0: Today's episode is brought to you by Triumph Equine Kinesiology Tape. Accessible, affordable, and made for all sticky situations. It's my favorite equine kinesiology tape, and I bet it'll be yours too. Available at triumphtape.com, and we'll also link it in the show notes. I'm Judith, and this is the Starline Equine Bodywork Podcast. This is a podcast about all of the things that I've learned and continue to learn in my career with horses. For the better part of a decade, I've been a full time equine bodywork practitioner, educator, and author. My obsession how horses really work and how to get the most from our relationship with them in training and in sport. My passion helping horse owners, bodyworkers, and aspiring bodyworkers get going, unpack the latest science, research, and experiences behind what we do with horses to support their potential and optimize their performance. Joining us today is Diana Giles of Concordia Bitfitting. I am endlessly fascinated with bits and bridles and the effects they have on horses, both from a riding perspective and, of course, from a bodywork perspective. I know I see great ramifications in the horse's body in my practice uh, based on what they have in their mouth and how they go. And you can tell actually a lot about how a horse accepts the bridle by the condition their body is in. So this is going to be a fascinating conversation. Diana, thank you so much for joining us today
1: thank you judith i'm glad to be here it's an exciting
0: topic i know i'm so i i'm really thrilled to have this conversation i think right from the get-go i'm going to ask you a giant question um basically i'm going to ask you to explain physics and solve all the problems in the horse world in you know just a few sentences here how does a bit work the bit. Well, there's there's two
1: different classes of of the bit. Uh, a class one, which is like your snaffle bit or your mullen mouth, where you have a, a the teeth, the d or the egg butt, and then you have your center uh, piece of the mouth. And then the other class of bit is the class two, and that covers your curbs, your bit, with the shank below. The, piece, um, or the cheek piece sorry, that will amplify the pressure on the pole. So those are the two different types of bits that are commonly used other than the Boucher bit, which is um, it's called also a hanging cheek piece and it alleviates the pole pressure. So there's no pole pressure with the Boucher, but there's like the direct pressure from the cheek piece onto the Onto the mouthpiece. So it's
0: in a class of its own. It's a standalone. Yes. The voucher. Yeah, it's a standalone. Okay. Yeah. So um, now we can have bits then with, you know, pressure on the pole, the chin groove, the nose, the lips, the bars, the tongue, the palate, all of these things. Um You know, how do you know what to pick for your horse? Let's say I have a brand new horse in the barn. I've never ridden him before. Super excited to get on my new horse. He's standing in the stall. I have to walk into the tack room and pull a bridle out for him. What do I pick uh, to begin with?
1: Yeah, if you have a new horse in the barn with no previous history of what type of bit he was being ridden in, um, I would go with the most basic bit, uh, a class one bit, um, something that... um, It has the uh, confirmation of the mouth, the anatomy, um, a nice, you know, just a very simple, basic bit. And then from riding in that bit, you're going to get a lot of information from the horse, whether he's uh, sensitive to the pressure from the tongue or the bars. Uh, That's where your bit fitter comes in. They're going to come in. And they're going to have a closer look at the inside of the horse's mouth. They're going to see if the horse has like a thin bar with uh, no extra flesh on there or a thin tongue or a thick tongue or a high uh, palatine arch or a low palatine arch. And all these things are going to affect the contact issues in the mouth, whether they're avoiding the bit, above the bit, behind the bit, leaning into the bit. Um, So um, that's, that's where you're going to get help from your bit fitter they're going to watch you ride that horse and they're going to be able to see the different um, contact issues you're
0: having and be able to go forward from there so um now the internal confirmation of the horse's mouth. Uh, Let's Mm -hmm. say you have a horse with the low palatine arch as opposed to a high arch. Um, That's basically the space between the roof of their mouth and the tongue. Am I correct in understanding that? Yeah. Right. So that's going to affect the type of mouthpiece that physically fits in that little space. So that would be, let's say, consideration one. What fits in the space? And then you made reference to the bars, the tongue, and I'm assuming the lips. You know how some horses, their lips fold in over the bar um, and other have thinner lips. Um, It's just more flesh to get in the way, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, is that a secondary consideration? And is that... um, Is that consideration made through what type of cheek piece or is that more of a size issue, like the width of the bit?
1: The width of the bit is very important. Um, If your bit is too big, it's going to slide through the mouth and then you're going to have like the small feature, say it's um, a double jointed bit and the small feature in the middle slides over and puts pressure on the bars, then you're going to have issues there So, yeah, when you're fitting the the size of the bit, you want to have it measured correctly. It should just fit from cheek to cheek. Don't want a lot of extra room there unless you're going with a loose ring snaffle. They usually allow an extra quarter of an inch just so that the loose ring doesn't pinch the corners of the lip
0: okay so if my horse let's say is a five inch in one bit he's not necessarily going to be a five inch in a different bit it's not like a shoe size in a human where you know I wear a size nine and every time I go to buy shoes I try on a nine uh, it's really going to depend on what those cheek pieces look like and the action of the bit as to what size is appropriate for my horse
1: yeah basically if they're a five they're going to stay a five the only rule. Thumb they have is if it, it's a loose ring, you're going to allow a quarter of an inch, just so it doesn't pinch the corners of the lip.
0: Okay, so it's about the the soft tissue just being essentially not effective
1: Yeah, because the loose ring it moves around and the borehole yes. is open. Yeah, where in the fixed cheek there's no movement there, and you just want that to sit nice like softly against the cheeks. Nothing too tight and definitely nothing too big.
0: Okay, so that leads me to my next two questions. Uh, Lots of questions for you. Um, Let's say uh, my horse is a young horse. Let's say it's, you know, two and a half or three years old. And I'm going to be showing it Mm -hmm. on the line and we have to show it in a bridle. And I want to make those first bridling experiences wonderful. So I've had the wolf teeth removed. I have a balanced mouth. I've had a bit fitter come out and put my horse in a bit that's appropriate, um, so that it's comfortable. Now Mm -hmm. is my horse going to be wearing that same bit when he's five or will his skull in his mouth change a lot between the ages of two and a half and three and five?
1: I would say the, the size probably won't change a whole lot. I mean, you have to keep an eye on the dentistry and the, the changes in the teeth and the development of the teeth and, um, you know and definitely check year after year for size but it shouldn't change a whole lot okay um but definitely what might change is the contact issues you're having okay whether the horse becomes heavy on the forehand or wants to come above the bridle you know those are things that are definitely going to
0: training issues that we can address sometimes Tra- Training issues
1: that you'll have to address. yeah okay address and now continue on
0: yeah so we've discussed mouthpiece a little bit so what fits in and can have consistent pressure in the correct places the tongue the palate um the bars what mm-hmm. about those cheek pieces so uh why would I want to pick something like a full cheek or a pelham with a long or a short shank versus an egg butt a loose ring um How do I make those decisions about what goes uh as far as cheekpiece
1: um again that's uh when you're riding those are going to be contact issues um definitely like a horse that's heavier in the bit and just wants to kind of lean on the bit you might go to a loose ring where you can kind of move the bit around a little bit and get them off the the pressure of the bit um or if you have that super sensitive horse that you know is avoiding the bit and doesn't like the movement then you go with the fixed cheek bit that just sits nice and quiet and you don't get a lot of movement in the bit um and there's different types of bits. I mean, with the science they've come out with now, there's bits that will apply more tongue pressure or more bar pressure, just depending on what your horse likes and their sensitivities and their limitations in their
0: oral cavity. Okay, that's really interesting. Now, um, so The material that the bit is made of itself, Uh, you know, you see some bits are rubber, some bits are plastic, some bits are, you know, different types of metal. How do I go about making appropriate choices for that?
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely with the bit, you want something that the horse accepts. Um, some, Some of the metals, like the stainless steel, can be cold and hard in the horse's mouth. Um, there's a specific, uh, a metal that they're designing for a lot of the high end bits. Now it's called a copper alloy. So it's a little bit softer metal. Um, it warms up quickly to the horse's oral cavity. Um, it's not, uh, the yield strength is, is just moderate. So it's not clanking against the teeth. Um, and then some of your other bits like your synthetic bits, they're also available. Just being careful when choosing them that they can't chew through the bits and cause damage, which is, of course, going to cause lesions in the mouth. Um, so, yeah, those are some different options for choosing I've always wondered materials. that,
0: you know, um, you see a lot of these bits are supposed to uh, be comfortable based on the material that they're made of. And some of them really do seem like they could chew through them. Is that common? And if you have a horse that's, I guess, literally chomping at the bit, would it be a no-go to put one of those, like a rubber or plastic bit in? Is that something you would avoid altogether just to, you know, prevent any I, I of those versions? I think lesions? I would
1: really, yeah. If they like to chew through the rubber, then I would probably avoid that and just stay with the, the metal bits
0: for sure. Is it more like they're chewing it because it's interesting in their mouth or is maybe that chomping and chewing on the bit signs of discomfort with the bridle and that's, you know, that's when you get not just change the material of the bit, but get your bit fitter just to make sure that the chomping and the chewing has nothing to do with the fit of the bit itself.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That could be a fitting issue or it could be the material of the bit itself um, that they just, you know, they're very busy in the mouth, which you're obviously trying to avoid. You want them to be very quiet in the mouth. So definitely having a bit fitter coming out and uh, uh, checking the inside the horse's mouth and making sure that they're comfortable, which to dealing with that.
0: Now, talking about um, comfort in the mouth, can you give me, let's say, a few signs that a horse is physically uncomfortable in the mouth that I would need a bit fitter, and a few uh, examples, maybe of training issues where uh a bit fitter and a bit consultation um would be advantageous so maybe we could start with signs that a horse is uncomfortable in the mouth
1: uh definitely if they're uncomfortable then they might be holding their tongue to one side or pulling their tongue back into the into the mouth um uh definitely yeah uh, Uh, chewing and grinding can be a a sign that they're uncomfortable Um, tossing their head around another good sign Um, yeah anything that where they're just not quietly accepting the bit is definitely an an issue um, that you would address
0: and what about from a training perspective Like uh, maybe a horse that wants to fall behind the bridle as an escape or stay above the bridle as an escape. Um, Are there different bits that can help riders in those situations, which are quite common training issues?
1: Yes, those are very common training issues, uh, a horse coming above or behind the bit. Um, And yes, there's specific bits that are designed. uh, If your horse is avoiding the contact and wants to tuck behind it, uh, he may not like the pressure on the tongue or the bars of his mouth or the bit is pushing up into the palate. And... um, pretty much the same as going if the horse is above the bit, they're trying to avoid that contact. So by having the bit fitter come out and through the process, we try different bits and, and you will recognize within the first five, 10 minutes, whether the horse is starting to accept that bit, that bit is a better fit for your horse.
0: Now, uh, one of the things you said that I thought was really interesting about the horse holding its tongue high Um I, in my practice, have been able to feel, there's um, a little bit, it feels like cartilage between their two lower jaw bones. And you have to be very, very careful when you touch there as if you're touching an eyeball sort of light. Because it's actually what one of the hyoid attachments to the tongue. And this has right. muscles that then run deep to those big brachiocephalicus muscles and attach on mm-hmm. the inside of the horse's shoulder. So when you see horses that hold their tongue high chronically, they're physically um, not able to drop their head and release their shoulder muscle because they've literally tightened all of those muscles and it doesn't allow their legs to come forward properly. Um, So like, think about a really good example is a really nervous horse with its tongue really high jumping into a line and... There's no way, no matter how hard you kick, you're going to get out in the right number of steps. It's a do yeah. the ad for safety until the horse relaxes, <laughs> right? Abort mission, right, right. do the ad, yes. right? Um, uh, do yes. the ad in the line. And to me, that quite often is a bridal issue, a bidding issue. Um, and for I sure, know as a sure. rider, I've experienced that. And I love bits that encourage the horse to push their tongue forward as a rider when I'm riding young horses myself. Um, I love that sensation because the, the true long and low where they can step forward safely into the bridle and horses that are safe, feeling safe in the bridle, stretching long and low and using their front end also step up behind and tend to get less bracing through their back, less issues through the lumbo sacral junction. They jump better, Mm -hmm. they're sounder and they have less soreness through their back. Right take less pressure on the box, all of those things right so you get a better Mm -hmm. jump and a better arc all of those things and it comes from the bit people (laughs) yes acceptance of the bit (laughs) yeah I think so often you know uh we're as a community, we're starting to look at the importance of saddle fit and um, proper shoeing and all of uh, the other things that need to be fit and looked at. And I'm so glad that bit fitting is becoming a part of it. And not just when we say bit fitting, it's not just size, it's appropriateness because it is allowing and creating better athletes as a whole, would you not agree? I know you're a rider oh, and a trainer as well. Yes. So you must have felt that before too—that high tongue, nervous horse.
1: Oh yeah, when they're tense and bracing and avoiding the bit, uh, that's a terrible ride. You you have no communication. That uh, they're just yeah avoiding any signals you're trying to give. You want that happy, willing. Relax horse.
0: Now, how do you feel about, um, so it's not just the bit fit, but how about the bridle and the way the bridle makes the bit sit on the horse's head and in the horse's mouth? I know some people um, who actually ride their horses with uneven cheek pieces. How do you feel about all of that? Is that common practice? Do you see that a lot? Is that helpful? Is there a a reason for it? I've always wanted to ask you that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very common. We see a lot of that, that the bridle is uneven from side to side. Um, and yeah, the the old rule was with the wrinkles, maybe two, three wrinkles. But now when we measure the bit, we want it on a 90 degree angle to the borehole axis so that when you... Uh, pick up the contact. It gives the right amount of rotation in the mouth. And a lot of these newer bits are designed to sit on a certain angle. They're anatomically fitted to the oral um, cavity where it's just lying nicely over the tongue. So of course, if you have one cheek piece higher than the other, then you're changing that angle. It's not sitting nice and straight and balanced and Definitely, you don't want a bit that's too tight. It's putting excess pull pressure. right? And um, and it's and not going to help acceptance
0: of the bridle on one side as opposed to the other. Because you hear that as an argument too, right? He's a little tougher on the right. Yeah. So I lifted the bit on the right.
1: Right, right. Yes. So yeah, that's level bit. Effect of the whole
0: bit. Okay. Um, I think that's... Uh, incredibly fascinating to me the way the bridle and the bit function together. Um, Now, I have had horses myself, like you grow up and you're told, oh, you know, you want the two wrinkles in the mouth. And I think that's really interesting you bring that up because I owned a horse that if if I were to put two wrinkles in his lips, that bit would be sitting way up in his teeth. So just the way his mouth was built on the inside essentially didn't match what he looked like on the outside. And so from the outside, it looked like the bit was hanging really low, but functionally that's where it should be sitting. And the number of people who walk up to you and say, your bit's too low. And it's like, no, no, it matches the inside. It's um, I love that that it's now measured off the actual uh where the borehole is and the angles now as opposed to that two wrinkle rule. So I think we have to start to um say that a lot and say it loud so that everybody yes, hears yes. that. Yeah. Um so uh how can anyone um reach you? How What's the best way to reach you if you're looking for a bit fitter? What region do you service yourself?
1: Um, I'm servicing the Western Ontario region. So it goes from Niagara up towards Windsor, covering like Hamilton, Burlington area. Um, and then to reach me, you can reach me at ConcordiaBitFitting at gmail.com. Um, that's the best way to reach me. Perfect. Um, Yeah. Um, And uh, we
0: will put your contact information in the show notes. Guys, bit fitting has massive ramifications on not only your horse's performance and comfort, but also uh, what we as body workers are noticing in uh, what's going on in their body. So make sure we don't neglect that part of their body. Diana, thank you for joining us today. And everybody go to the barn and check to make sure your bit is sitting in the right place. Any problems you note, write them down and contact your bit fitter. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judith. Equine Kinesiology Tape increases the efficiency of your horse's body so that together you can strive for your goals. In the working horse, tape supports joints with long-term soundness in mind. It addresses fascial issues, lymphatic and circulation issues, and assists muscles, tendons, and ligaments. It can also be used in injury rehabilitation programs for faster and safer recovery so that your horse can feel like himself again. Tape is an affordable and accessible tool that, with a little know-how, can revolutionize your training and rehabilitation programs. Stuck Up is a course designed to give you the confidence and skills to add kinesiology taping to your toolbox, whether you're a horse owner or a professional bodyworker. Join Stuck Up and train like a professional. Think like a bodyworker. Enroll at StuckUpCourse.com